Wow. I finished with this audio book. I'll finish with this audio book because it's fucking absolute trash. I mean, it's like a three-year-old writing. I don't know who wrote that book, if it's the editor or somebody. But um, you usually have an editor when you write a book. So fucking all the words are just pointed together like the sentence, sentences are... I can, I can explain the book... Because this goes on about bullshit, about street stuff and all this dealing shit. I'll get to important parts and parts that you might not know. Like, um, I think, you think he done an interview with that bullshit Russian guy who, who I don't fucking like, really. I like talking about celebrities because I don't fucking know him, but that fucking Russian guy who interviewed Easy E's guy, so, um, I mean, Easy E's guy should have fucking punched him in the face. Uh, you know, I, said, I don't know his name, the easy guy who did um, Real Motherfucking G's. He, asked, he, he said, he disrespected him, like saying about his AIDS, like an AIDS awareness thing. And like he knows more than Easy E's close guys about Easy E getting AIDS. I fucking don't watch that guy, man. He's a fucking joke. He's like a fucking police guy or something, like trying to get information to put motherfuckers in prison. Anyway, fucking don't spend your time watching junk like fucking that. If you want a dirty podcast, watch Joe Rogan Experience. At least he talks about different fucking subjects each time. Anyway, but i got a problem. Is He's promoting this book on... First of all, he killed Tupac. So the guy shouldn't even be walking the fucking streets. And second of all, he's making money off being on fucking telly. Because they get paid for these interviews. Whoever goes on these types of interviews, they get paid money, the guests. So he's getting paid a big sum of money to go on that interview. And plus he's making money off that book. $20 a book, he says. And it's a fucking garbage. Telling you right now, do not fucking buy that fucking book. It is garbage. A three-year-old could write better than that. It's fucking, it's awful. I'm just going to say some quick things what he said in the book. That he, he, he did an interview with the Russian guy, but he didn't, he, he's kind of lying. Because he's just saying different things than that than he said in the book. Like he said, he met Puffy before Zip. He didn't say that in the book or any other thing. He said he met Puffy through Zip. Zip was a big time drug dealer. Before that, he said that he he was um, selling selling drugs and all that, and he was having fights with the bloods, and he shot up a blood or something in Alondra Boulevard Avenue, and um, he met Easy E. Easy E actually he knew Easy E before Easy E even was a rapper, and uh, Easy E used to sell crack. He used to go to Easy's house. And Easy E used to cook crack. He used to cook his crack, and Easy E would sell crack f- w- um, to him, or something like that. So the stuff about Easy E selling crack, he says, is real. Easy E used to sell a lot of crack before he became this gangster rapper, and he was shocked when he heard Easy E actually made it. And then he says he got he got these this big fucking loan off this. Guy who's supposedly connected to Pablo Escobar. 
Lisa, I don't know. I'm not going to doubt him. If, if that's what he says, that's what he says. I can't doubt it. I weren't there. But he's saying he got a million dollar on worth of coke. For, uh, 30 bricks. For 30 keys. For over a million on layaway. And he paid that off by... He got a house on Atlantic Drive. A few condos on Atlantic Drive. And then he... To pay to pay him back, so and he said that he just then he started instead of um selling ounces he started selling keys and basically got into a few shootouts with some bloods and he talks about how he expanded his gang how the Southside Crips um a lot of them started coming um forming um. Get their own south side that were connected to him in New York in a place called Yonkers and um, Texas he had a, and Virginia so he had a nationwide network started getting a nationwide networking before any of this rap thing he, he said he was like made like over five million um, dollars he, he went to prison for um, said about five years for shooting up this blood on a laundry boulevard and um, then he started uh, reaching out his network and basically from what he's saying he got safe houses in Las Vegas, uh, Texas, Virginia, Atlanta and um, Yonkers in New York and uh, he met Zip because he was a big time drug dealer and he used to do uh, basically get his drugs from the Mexican guy and he would sell them, he would just sell them off to dealers, to the south side people and then he would distribute half of what he got from the Colombian guy to his east coast, his number one east coast dealer which was Zip who'd sell the crack in New York so that's what he's basically saying about that and he said um that he helped Suge Knight, which I don't know if I believe this, but this is what he said, with Easy e basically, he said that, um, he, what, Suge Knight asked him to set up Easy e to get Dr. Dre, because Suge Knight wanted, he said that he, he, he helped Suge Knight start off Death Row and give him info on Easy E and all that. That's what he's saying in the book, basically. That he tried to set he tried to set up a meeting with he basically double crossed Suge for Easy, saying he, he tried to he told Easy that they were setting him up with an interview to have him release uh, what is it, Doctor Dre. So he could start up um, Death Row Records. And he had personal dealings with the guy who funded it. Which was Harry O. That was like a, the, a big time. Big time coke dealer. who was a blood. He uh, supposedly. Um, started off Death Row. With his funds. With uh, that mafia lawyer. The lawyer for the Genovese crime family. In New York. Um, David Kenner. So he's talking about all that and he says he's really cool with Shug Knight 
but when Easy left, um, he said not none of that stuff happened with Easy E. He never got threatened or anything. Suge Knight basically. Um, just took off with Dr. Dre basically without signing any contracts or something to start off Death Row because Sh um, Suge Knight wanted to take over Easy E's label which were ruthless or something like that oh, it's just saying a lot of bullshit so that beating with Easy E never happened um or Jerry Eller getting kidnapped, he said, never happened. Which I don't think did ever happen, because he said if that ever happened, Easy e had, like, so many people who could have just shot the fuck out of Shug Knight. And he said if Shug Knight wouldn't step to Easy e no way. Easy e was too streetwise before Shug Knight was. Shug Knight only became a blood when he started recruiting his... Uh, certain guys to um, protect him and he's saying um, the guys who started protecting him were rivals of his gang which were Mob Pyru and Fruit Town Pyru um, the guys who Suge Knight recruited some guys called uh, real street guys like Mob James, Buntry, Heron, Hen Dog, saying Big Rock uh, M Monkey Man, K Dog, and uh, Jake, some big, big blood, uh, fucking really scary blood guys. You see pictures of them, fucking massive guys, man. Um, Shug Knight then became a blood and used to beat up people and was a. Uh, basically took over the mob Pyru but he's saying that he never had a problem with Suge Knight that he always used to see him and party with him and Puffy and Suge Knight were cool back in the day as well they used to come party with each other and uh, basically basically then he's saying that he met with the whole fucking shit now, no one's interested about his money that he's making. But he met Puffy through Zip, which on, on the Vlad TV show he says that he met Puffy first. I mean, something about a car in an Usher video, I don't give a fuck about that. But, um... Basically, when Suge Knight... Suge Knight... Said basically, Suge Knight wanted Biggie to come over to Death Row because he saw the success that Biggie was having when he came out of his first album, and he was taking he was taking artists from um, Puffy's label, Bad Boy Records. He was take taking Craig Mac or Craig Mac, um, Mary J Blige and Jodeci. So he was taking artists from Puffy, like it's like um extorting Puffy in a way like robbing his artist because he saw Puffy as kind of a threat so Shug would like do what kind of did with Easy e like just take like took Dr Dre and he started taking all the bad boy artists basically but um 
then Puffy started uh, said he was the main reason why I didn't take Biggie because Puffy started hiring the Southside Crips because of this and what he said at the uh, the Saucer Wars, that infamous speech um, and a couple months later um, this was when Tupac was not, not on, on death row, he was in jail, Tupac was in jail um, at the time he said he said other other uh, interesting thing that he met Tupac when he was with Digital Underground. He was wearing a diaper, and he like clowned him or something. And um, before the Tupac came along, basically his uh, Shug Knight's friend got shot or something, and then it became real. It became like real personal between Shug Knight and Puffy because in Atlanta. One of uh, Puffy's main guys called Wolf supposedly shot one of Shug's best friend, Big Jake. So Puffy, Shug was now blamed Puffy for that. So he was like, Puffy was scared for his life and got Zip to get in touch with him and they started working security for bad boy basically they would uh basically every time bad boy would come out and do tours they would get free tickets to do security so no one would touch them so bad boy would come out to la and las vegas and all all the other places and zip would set it up where they all had security with the south side crips would do security for them at the same time, he had, he said that he had no problem with Shug Knight or anything. Um, even though Shug Knight knew that he was doing that, he said that he was helping with Death Row as well. So I just don't understand. It's confusing because he's saying that he, he was still cool with Shug Knight, and uh, he was helping. He helped Shug a bit with Death Row at the same time. So I, I don't know, man, what he's fucking saying. So he's saying some guy, Tupac, basically. Um, there was a story about Puffy's guy when he came out to um, Los Angeles at a Christmas party and uh, Tupac and Dr. Dre and Shug Knight and his goons beat the living shit out of him and Shug Knight like, made him drink his piss. And I've heard stories of, like, about that. Shug Knight used to do that shit. Like make people drink his piss and strip him naked and feed, feed him to his dog or some threaten to feed him to his dog and all that. There's a lot of stories about Shug doing fucked up shit, but Tupac's, he's saying Tupac was there as well, beating on him and stuff like that. And Dre was there. Oh, Dre, Dre left, didn't he? For Tupac, but when Tupac made a song, California Love, he said a lyric in a song or something, saying, um, do you know when he says, uh, out on bail for uh, California Love, where he goes, from Long Beach, yeah, from Long Beach to Rose Coran. Rosecran means uh, a set of uh, blood gang members. So you saw Tupac, um, he said, just after that song got released, he, um, one of his uh, one of his uh, homies from the south side saw, saw Tupac outside House of Blues. Tupac was with Big Psych and he was like a crip from L.A. Um, Tupac, because... They're saying, um, I've heard this as well, just, uh, 
See, that California Love song was supposed to be Dr. Dre song. That one, um, and Ice Cube was supposed to be on that. A uh, bit of information there, um, rare information. So Tupac basically come out of jail and got that song. And, uh, so, uh, because he liked it so much, he wanted that to be his hit coming out of jail, which it was. It was the biggest fucking hit in the country when it came out. But he mentioned the lyric on there, which had been written down for him to say, either by Dr. Dre or Shug. Now I don't know one of them. But Tupac didn't know what he was talking about when he said Roast Grand. So the guy, Southside Crip, who was with Keefy D, approached Tupac and apparently Keefy D said that he grabbed Tupac by the neck and shoved him against the rail and said, do you know what the fuck you just said? Do you know this? Uh, do you know what the fuck you just said? You know, we beefing these motherfuckers. Are you one of them? Like, what is it with this roast grand, like, taking it real, motherfuckers? We're killing them every motherfucking day or something. And Big Psych, who knew about the street codes, kind of diffused the situation saying ah, I don't know what he's talking about someone wrote it down for him some big psych was known because he was a crip a real crip from LA and, and he, he was friends with Tupac for a while big psych before all this bullshit when Tupac got involved with the beef so-called beef so um he says he saw Tupac another time um outside uh, a musical audio I've heard this story where Tupac um, sees Biggie for the first time. But he says, people said that he he was, sec he was a security guard there for Biggie and he pulled out a gun. But he's saying in the book that he he never was there. He was there, but he, was, he weren't with Biggie or Puffy. And the guy called, one of the Junior Mafia guys pulled out a gun. And Tupac, put, he said that Tupac pulled out a gun. And... Uh, the cop, what was it, that cop, Reggie Wright, put, pulled out a gun and Tupac grabbed it off him and was going to shoot Piggy or something, some wild fucked up shit like that. Because Tupac got out of a Hummer and started going towards Biggie like he was going to kill him. And Puffy ran off, basically. And um, it worked, Keefe, they said, or something, I don't know about it. I've heard the story and... Basically, he said that he weren't there and he didn't get out the gun. It was uh, one of uh, Biggie's guys called uh, C. Gutter who actually brandished a gun. Then Tupac um, got Reggie's gun and started was going to shoot Biggie or, or shoot Biggie. And Biggie was like shocked because he didn't understand why Tupac was going all crazy at him. Because um, I've heard this. Um, I don't think Biggie and Tupac beef weren't real. It was some something over. It was, it was basically really a big misunderstanding because the two used to be good friends, and basically Biggie was just there when Tupac got shot. And I heard the story that Biggie actually uh, got rid of Tupac's gun. And, um, actually, and came to the hospital and visited him and kept his gun when the police came. Because what I heard is police did that shooting on Tupac, shot him up. In 94. So that's the fucking thing is. I think police killed Tupac. Because you think about it. The Atlanta thing. Where he shot two cops in Atlanta. That's a racist town. Then he gets done for the fucking rape. Which he didn't do. I don't think he fucking did that at all. 
And then um, you get shot and there were cops who did that because the guy who's there, I seen an interview with a guy who's there that was um, and a guy on pain. We friends with a guy on pain, big, big stretch from the live, yeah, big stretch who Tupac used to rap with. Because um, that's when Tupac was with them when they went up to the studio. And Tupac never thought that Biggie did anything. He just wanted to, he just wanted Biggie to give him information on it. Basically, why Tupac was mad at Biggie was not because of the shooting. It's because Biggie said in an interview that Tupac didn't get shot at all. And he shot himself in the balls, which is untrue. He, he did get, he got shot five times. I don't know if he shot himself or once and got shot four times, but he definitely got shot five times. That's a fact. And uh, the police were there. And the the guy saying, basically, some, some guys have said that they've done it. Like, the singer is the Jimmy Henchman, Hayson Jack. But, they're, but the thing is with them, I think they were police informants and the police actually used them to shoot Tupac. Because you weren't going down for the rape or something. It goes really deep, this shit. I'm thinking the government fucking did this shit, you know, to Tupac. I think, you know, not actually killed him, but, you know, got him in a situation where he was with... He got involved with death row, so he kind of, like, you know, he was with, like, a record label, which was The Bloods, and the Tupac weren't a gangster, and when he started hanging around with, re, you know, get people thought he was affiliated with this mob Pyru shit. Uh, I think Tupac was like just being loyal, cause he was loyal to everyone, so he's just being loyal to Shug Knight, and got, you know, when his Tupac got in that gang shit, you know, that's what they wanted, and you know, didn't really understand it or something. So, so the other thing he said, he saw Tupac another time um, going to a club with Shug Knight and Snoop. They're all in Rolls Royces, Shug in a red one, Tupac in a white one, Snoop in a black one. And this is another funny thing. Shug's like being friendly with D, and this is um, just before Tupac got killed. Um, saying... Yo, what's up, Keithy? Shug Knight said, and are you coming to the club or something? There was a club um, downtown Los Angeles. So they all, they, they followed him. The Crips followed Tupac and Shug and Snoop to a club. And Keithy said that some, some of his Crips shot up uh, Shug Knight's um, Red Rolls Royce when Shug and uh, Tupac and Snoop went into the club. And uh, that cop, not cop, uh, former cop, Reggie Wright shot back at him or something and they went got into a shootout and they're saying a lot of shootouts would ha happen, different shootouts would happen with Tupac and stuff so, so Tupac was getting shot at a lot, he's saying, before that. Well, I don't think Tupac knew who Keefe D was. And then he's saying about the night in Vegas, which is what I want to get to. 
So the day before he goes to Vegas, Shug is there. He actually hugs Shug Knight. This is what he's saying. And um, Shug Knight comes up in some Rolls Royces with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson lives, um, calling Keithy D, across the street from uh, Shug Knight in Las Vegas. This, I think when Tyson, um, yes, yeah, when Mike Tyson got out of jail himself and won the title for the second time. And Tupac and Tyson were friends as well. Tyson was out of friends with uh, Zip as well. Tyson and Mike Tyson were good friends with Zip as well. But, uh, fuck that shit. Um, so basically, they go to the fight, they get a bunch of tickets. Tupac's not, Tupac comes down on the actual day and only has one bodyguard, which always led to them conspiracies. Um, I don't think it's true. So, um, you get a bunch of seats, they all split up, they say. He gets a bunch of tickets. Um, they have a couple of words with Shug Knight and Tupac watching the fight. One of his crips, he says, called C Ray, K Ray. Something has has a couple of words with um, Shug Knight. Say, Shug Knight says we're untouchable, and Tupac starts mouthing off, and the crip says you couldn't be touched, motherfucker. Just watch yourself. And uh, Frank, apparently, Sh Shug Knight's guy said he'll go and fuck him up afterwards. Once we get out of here, we'll, we'll do a Mike Tyson on him. And Tupac starts getting riled up and shit like that. After the fight, Keefy D says that he goes to the other side of the, in the MGM Grand to the bar. And then uh, 20 minutes later after the fight, some of his uh, Las Vegas Crips, Las Vegas um, Southside Crips, come up to him and say um, that he just jumped, his nephew just got jumped. And Tupac um, come up to him and basically... And then the whole death row guys like Buntry, Hendog and Shug Knight started kicking him. And uh, Orlando's face is like uh, bloody. And Orlando comes up to him and says, it's what Keith D says. He says, Orlando Anderson come up to me and he said that I want to, that fucking bitch Tupac think he's gangster. He, he asked me some street shit like am I from the south? And I, I was I was going answering him, and Tupac smacked me in the jaw, and that that's what I heard. Tupac come up to him, punched him in the jaw. Orlando dropped, and then Tupac got a few punches in, and his bodyguard Frank, that big muscle 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 man Frank, removed him, and that's when the whole death row guys started kicking and stomping him and shit like that. He's saying like Shug Knight didn't even kick him. Um, it was a guy called uh, Buntry or something um, that was because you watch a video there's one guy in this that hat I've seen that video was proper booting him I don't see Shug Knight but it said Sh Shug Knight got sent down for that but should they, he tried he got his nephew we got, got into that after that he, he basically um, tried to make a deal with Shug Knight so he wouldn't go to prison saying Shug Knight because Shug Knight went to prison for that beating on Orlando Anderson, got sentenced to nine years, but uh, Orlando Anderson came, this was after the whole two-pack death, saying that um, he never, Knight never touched him, 
And Alando he say he's saying this anyway, saying Suge Knight didn't do shit but one of his guys I think it was described him and Keith D's like, Oh yeah, Buntry, yeah, I know I know him. Because he, he most of these guys that Keithy said the Shug's friend used to play ball with um Keithy D. Uh grew up with these guys. They used to play football together. So Keithy D knew these guys on a, on a personal level. So Orlando said, "What's that bitch Tupac fucking hit me, man? I wanna, I wanna uh, fight him. I want, I wanna have a one-on-one -on -one fight of him. Uh, I don't know if I believe that or not, but that's what he said. And then he said he went to the parking lot, and basically, Zip was there in the parking lot. Zip was there with Foxy Brown, that rapper." Foxy Brown was in the car with him and yet Zip gives him I've said this, gives him the gun but I've heard another story to this and I think this is Biggie's bodyguard another source tells me that Keithy D had guns and they got him from the the, um, the, south, the south side Las Vegas Crips stash house because they had dope houses out there provided him with the, all the guns and they had a caravan of these guys with guns ready to do it and zip zip never get it sounds like you know it does sound true that because why the fuck if zips on new york be carrying the fucking providing with the gun anyway if they had this million dollar thing oh yeah and um about his meetings with puffy he said that puffy was because of what tupac and shug did at that christmas party and then Tupac made a song hit to hit him up, obviously. And um, Puffy was scared for his life. And he, what he wanted them. Um, he mentioned, he said that he went to Green Blatt's after that uh, situation where Tupac uh, said that he pulled a gun out on Biggie. He said, and uh, other situations, that they met at Green Blatt's and Puffy was like, I've got to get rid of these guys because they're out to kill me. Suge Knight was supposedly out to kill Puffy saying I'll give you a million pound dollars if you take care of him like this is between Keithy, Zip and Puffy whether or not he's saying that just saying it out of fear not actually meaning it or, you know because you just say I could do oh I, don't, I just want these fucking guys dead I'll give a million for this motherfucking shit just to have them shut up but they didn't go down with the intention that weren't even though that hit, he said, which I don't know because you can't know that. That's in that on murder rap as well where he said Puffy offered a million and all that. But they didn't go down with the intention to do that anyway. So just after Orlando got jumped, that's when Zip said they'll take care of it, that business. And um, he was like, it's personal now because now he's jumped my nephew. Tupac's hit put hands on my nephew so they wanted a million both for Suge and Tupac first it was Suge and then after it was Tupac when he said hit him up and Tupac got involved because it weren't really Tupac's beef it was more Puffy and Suge so um, after that until it gets weird they, they go they go on a caravan with 12 crips to to um just after that, and as that's happening, Tupac obviously goes out up to Shug's house, and they go, go to Club 662, and they see 
they wait in the back parking lot there and they see uh, Mob James come out. Mob James comes out, a couple of bloods. Like, they scatter because of it. They go to this liquor store, liquor barn. Um, they've booked an hotel at the carriage house, which uh, basically, say that where Tupac got shot, that Colvo area, you could turn right, because you turn right down there, and um, a couple of, um, about a quarter of a mile down, there's a right, you make a right, down uh, Harmon, the carriage house on Harmon Road, and that leads to Las Vegas Boulevard where Shug's car ends up breaking down. But in between there is the hotel they stay at. But I'll get to that anyway. But they, they go to a liquor store near there. And then one of his main dealers called... Uh, Kalo or something. C something. Um, one of Keith's main dealers backs out and says... Nah, I can't do it because Shug Knight's got police... Police guys. And working for him that kill people. And will, will be dead. Shug Knight's got police guys that are bloods, that are killers. And I've heard that story. That's probably, yeah, it's a true story. He did have off-duty cops working for him, which were bloods before they were cops. So they're like gang members, but they were police, because he had all that, that Rampart scandal. And that's how I think them the cops killed Biggie. I read them, that Muslim guy, and them cops killed Biggie, to be honest. I don't believe that that gangbanger killed Biggie, to be honest. So, Keithy says that he gives the, like, saying something different than he said in that confession. Basically, he put the gun in the back, he had the gun in his waist and he gave it into the back seat to either Orlando or Dre. And they're going down, I'll, I'll explain this anyway, the first. Basically, when they wrote, this is what pissed me off. They come up to the car and Keithy D says something. That I just cannot believe. I just laugh. I just, no. Nah. He's doing this. Typical. Anyone would say this. Uh, typical self-defense case. You, if you shot someone. And it was a gang. And obviously if they had a criminal record. And they were a gang member. Typical what they would say is. I shot you. And they tried to shoot me. They said. He pulled up. He said. And I shook. Was trying to talk to Shug Knight basically. This is what he says about Orlando saying, What's up now, motherfucker? Um, what about that shit that happened earlier at the fucking casino? Like, this is happening. So there's conversation happening, which I can't believe. And then Keithy says Tupac gets erratic and gets a gun out and points it at Keithy and Keithy D acts like a police officer like a police officer would in self defence as a criminal's pointing a gun at him and says shoot him puts his head down and says shoot him and the next minute shots are going in the car and they see a bullet go through Shug's head which the story is not that I don't, that I heard what what happened, what people around him, what even he said in the confession, was a car basically did a U-turn when he saw Tupac, rolled right in front of him. Tupac probably didn't even see him coming. 
right? And fucking, he said Orlando leant across Dre, because Orlando was behind Keefe. And as the car was, because the car didn't stop, like he said, there's no fucking words. I don't think there are no words. That this is from other people, what I'm hearing. So, uh, Orlando shoots multiple rounds into Tupac's BMW. Tupac's just trying to get into the back seat and basically a bunch of bullets hit him. And then he says that they drove off and they scrape across this uh, green suburban which is drove by a couple of females and they think these females are following him, shooting at him. But really it's one of Shug guys, um, Buntry. He starts following, um, he starts following Keithy and Orlando and the white Cadillac as Shug Knight gets Tupac shot the BMW makes a U-turn goes the other way towards Las Vegas Boulevard the white Cadillac takes a right down down uh, this main road and basically down this main road the, the women are following him they think the women are shooting at him so Lando has 17 clips so 13 shots he's got 4 shots left in the clip busts 4 more shots Smashes one of the women's window up and hits Buntry's car because Buntry's shooting at him. And the Cadillac's got bullet holes in it as well. So, and then they take a right down Harmon. As that's happening, um, Shug's BMW um, comes to a stop with Tupac in it. He was shot, shot up. And um, that carriage house where the white Cadillac is. It's parked there, it's basically just on the corner of where Shug Knight BMW is. So basically the Cadillac just circles back just in a different direction, the same as the BMW did. So they end up nearly coming close to each other, but they say they stash the car, go to, um, they put the uh, Glock 40 underneath the tyre, Underneath the front tyre, the front right tyre, they say. And then um, they're seeing this and they walk up to the edge of Las Vegas Boulevard and they see Tupac and Shug getting in an ambulance and they're all there smoking weed and drinking and start laughing or something, some sick shit like that. And uh, then go back to the carriage house and just get, um, go about the business, get high and drink and shit. And... Uh, Basically after that a big war starts and uh, Suge Knight goes to jail and uh, his nephew got shot, Orlando, Orlando got shot dead but he got shot dead by some, same by some other crip, um, other crip shot him who owed money to him or something, owed Orlando money so this was separate situation, this is two years later Orlando got shot at a car wash off some fucking other crip from a different area. Them crips ended up dead and one of, or Orlando was with one of his other crip guys. Orlando ended up shooting two of them dead. One of his other crip guys survives, but the other two other crip guys who shot Orlando end up dead as well. So that's when Orlando dies and he, he says that he gets sent to jail and he doesn't get any of the money off Zip. And he says that Puffy called him and all that saying, was that you? And promises to pay him. And uh, here's that zip. Got the money or something. 
and uh, he hasn't spoke or seen Puffy since, and then he did that whole thing about that confession, trying to get Zip in trouble and shit like that, so that's basically the story, there's nothing else to it, that's what he mentioned, there's a couple of things, interesting things about when he saw Tupac and his dealings with Easy e well that's about it really, um, he's basically bullshitting what, what, uh, one sense or another, but if you could done with that book, I thought it'd be a special, but really it's just real shit book, so don't don't buy it. But that's basically what he's saying in that book anyway. And that interview, I wouldn't even. I've seen the interview, and it's, he's basically said bullshit in that interview. The guy's just a fucking liar, bullshit fucking liar. Not saying he he did do it. I think he did shoot Tupac. His nephew probably did it. And what I've seen and heard, that that's what I think. You know, but he's just trying to get out of it by saying Tupac shot at him. Because now, if he does get arrested, which he won't, I don't think police don't give a fuck. They're happy that Tupac's dead anyway. So I think he's saying that. You know, it's classic self-defense. Yeah, he tried shooting me, so I shot him. But Tupac didn't even have a gun or a bulletproof vest on that night, let alone. So that's all bullshit. But I wouldn't read the book anyway, because it's a waste of time. And that's the audio book from me this week.